Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode is going to be about the 12-valve Cummins engine, and specifically in the second-gen trucks. We've had a lot of questions from people who have either just picked them up or are thinking about getting a second-gen 12-valve as far as what are some must-have upgrades that they should do or maintenance items or things they're going to have to address depending on the mileage or how they're going to use the truck. Maybe it's going to be a daily driver, they're going to use it to tow a trailer or you know go farther and make it into a street truck or race truck and joining us today is Garrett he is the founder and owner of pure diesel power and he's going to be answering these questions and he's had a 12 valve pulling truck and pure diesel power has played a vital role in the diesel industry for a really long time and so we're going to be chatting with him today asking him these questions and then also more about pure diesel power as far as what they do and you know trucks that they work on and, and the kind of questions that they get from a lot of diesel owners whether they've you know owned a truck for a really long time or it's just one that they picked up all right let's get to the podcast with garrett and chatting about the second gen 12 valve cummins platform garrett welcome to the diesel podcast i'm excited to chat with you today it's um, been a long time coming and i'm glad we were able to to connect and there's a, a ton of second gen 12 valve questions that I have for you. So we're excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. We've had a lot of new listeners over, well, this year and even in the, you know, last year. And a lot, a lot of times they're first time diesel owners. And while most diesel enthusiasts have heard of Pure Diesel Power and have probably met you at different shows and events, you know, throughout the years, I wanted to start by having you explain a bit about your company, what you guys do, where you're located and you know, what what's your kind of bread and butter is there at Pure Diesel Power? Sure. Uh, so basically, uh, I started it in 2006, uh, basically with a, a cell phone and an apartment, and uh, I was was a uh, you know fairly active in the diesel scene. I've been an enthusiast since uh, my early early years, and uh, basically grew from there. We uh, we had a couple different locations. Uh, finally moved into a uh, you know was it old. Uh, building supply store, kind of like Menards or Home Depot, and uh, we've got a uh, 28,000 square foot facility now. Uh, the showroom is large. We've got a lot of room for, you know, walk-in customers. Uh, I've got a, about 8,000 square foot shop. Uh, pretty good crew here. We've uh, grown a lot over the years. The uh, bread and butter, I guess, would be is uh, we do a lot of, uh, of part sales, uh, ship all over the world. Uh, we stock a lot of random different things that, uh, you know, together, and then we also do some drop ship stuff. Uh, we, uh, the majority of the, of the business is just, you know, selling parts and uh, shipping all over the world, but uh, we said we do do a decent amount of shop work, uh, mainly repairs and uh, uh, some performance. And one of the things that, and I think of Pure Diesel Power and the website and the things that 
people would always tell me is if they're looking for a Cummins part, chances are you guys probably have it. Whether it's, you know, a Cummins gasket or just tons of different things like for that repair, that maintenance side, if you want an OEM part or you want aftermarket, you guys have a ton of that. And that's why when I was thinking, you know, what what kind of second gen questions, what kind of guests can I have on to ask them? That's why you popped in my head, you know, right away is in you know, keeping those, those trucks running, which like I said, with a lot of new diesel owners there, these trucks are, are, you know, getting in the hands of a whole new, a whole new generation of diesel owners. And I wanted to ask you, you know, as far as the se- the second gen stuff and specifically 12 valve, is that, was that what, what you started on? You know, as far as being an enthusiast, was that, um, you know, something that, you know, was your first truck or did you get into it a little bit later with the common rail stuff or as far as owning a diesel and, and the performance side, where'd you start out? Well, I actually was a little bit misguided when I was younger. I had a Ford 7.3 and uh, <laughs> I wisened up and picked up a 98.12 valve out of Texas. And uh, yeah, pretty much I pulled it shortly after that and uh, pretty much it was all downhill from there. You know, it started out at, you know, 250 horse it was slightly modified when i got it and you know when i got out of the sport as far as truck pulling it was right around 1300 horse nice yeah they're they're fun trucks i i have never had one i've talked about them on podcast before that that's probably that's something i want one day and I, I don't i don't know if it's the simplicity or the reliability or just uh, that body style which i was a kid when you know they came out and they, it was so different than the Ford or the GMs at that time, they've always had a kind of a soft spot in my heart. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, basically just kind of go through some questions that we've gotten from listeners. And when they're looking at a 12 valve, maybe they find one, they just bring it home. What are some things that you've seen that are going to be maintenance issues or probable repairs or things they should just look at? Like, we know the transmissions, whether it's a manual with the clutch or the 47RH or 47RE, that that's probably going to be an issue. But once we look at the engine, what are, what are some things that a new owner should be aware of and, and take a look at? Well, the biggest Achilles heel to the Cummins 12-valve would probably be the killer dowel pin or KDP. Uh, I guess uh, if you ever go to purchase a truck from somebody used, uh, if the owner, well, either way, I would definitely ask the owner if the KDP has been tabbed. If he gives you a dumb look, I would probably highly suggest reading up and, and seeing what's all involved. Basically, there's a dowel pin in the, in the cover that can it will vibrate loose over time. And uh, generally, it's higher miles, but it's more of a, more of a when it's going to happen, not if it's going to happen type thing. You drive it long enough, it's probably going to fall out and wreak havoc. Uh, it, it falls into the gears. Uh, either cracks the timing case, or I've seen in severe cases, you know, uh, breaking cam gears, uh, crank gears, stuff like that. And uh, so it's best to definitely address that because it's, you know, a lot of money to fix if either one happens. Uh, so that would be something I would definitely look into and get get it apart and tab it. It's not that big of a job, and most of these trucks at high miles have a leaking front crank seal anyway, so you can kind of do two birds with one stone. You can replace that crank seal and tab the killer dolphin. 
Is it something that somebody could do at home or would it be better to take to a shop or it just kind of depends on how comfortable, you know, somebody may be in, in working on their own truck? I'd say if you've got decent mechanical abilities and, uh, you know, do a little bit of reading, uh, it's not that big of a job. It's, it's just tedious. You've got to take the fan off and, uh, the fan shroud. Some people do take that off as well, but, uh, it's not that bad of a job to do at home. If if you're questioning it, I mean, I, I out of a, a, a one to ten scale, I'd probably say it's probably a four as far as difficulty. It's not bad at all that way. Now, if I if I think of the rest of the engine, you know, obviously, you know, the, the turbo could be an issue if it's the factory one, and it, the truck has higher mileage. But outside of that, would it be mostly just maintenance or wearable items like boots and clamps and you know, kind of things like that that you may need to replace? Yeah, intercooler boots seem to be real common on these. Uh, one thing, and I don't know if things just shift over time, but if you, uh, if you take a look on the inner fenders on the lower intercooler boots, they tend to rub, and uh, they'll rub holes in the intercooler boot or uh, you know, rub it where it gets a weak spot and then it blows out in that spot so that can leave you on the side of the road, especially if you're towing a trailer or something like that. Um, another item I would probably look at if you get any mileage 12 valves, the, you know, performance-wise is the overflow valve. Basically maintains pressure in the, in the injection pump to uh, keep that at an optimal rate. You know, the stock one has a spring, and it, those springs get weak, and they also break. So I would, that would be a, a cheap maintenance thing to do to keep the performance where it's supposed to be. On the fuel side, what do you see there? As far as fuel from the tank to the P pump and then even into the even into the injectors. I do see some issues with the factory lift pump. Uh, they're not, but they are way more reliable than you know the newer you know pumps they put on like the VP trucks. Um, you know they have a lot of fuel sending unit uh, issues. You know as far as far as reading the right level of fuel, but overall the fuel system's really stout. Uh, there are some trucks say it's usually about a 97 through 99 yeah, obviously the 12 valves only 97 98 uh the fuel housing canister is uh it's more of a cartridge style filter and those fuel housings tend to crack uh we do offer a billet version of that that uh, allows you to use a spin-on filter and we can also integrate the uh, fuel heater and uh you know still use the 94 to 96 style fuel filter that's been a very popular upgrade with people on those trucks with the injectors what do you guys what do you guys see in there honestly injector wise they're they're pretty stout it's a you know a fully mechanical injector uh very few failures uh obviously the miles i mean there's definitely you know some performance gain to be had uh you know by replacing you after you know 200,000 miles but it's, it's we've seen trucks in here with well over that on stock injectors so it's not a weak point, real too bad there. Uh, you know, you do see, um, you know, the return line. Sometimes you have leak, leaks around the uh, banjo bolts and stuff like that, uh, but not too bad there. Uh, you know, we do sell a lot of, uh, like, contagious diesel and dynamite diesel injectors for these trucks. Uh, you know, even, even if you're just replacing a stock set of injectors, you could do, like, a 5x10 or 5x11 injector and gain some power and fuel economy and, you know, still have a real streetable, decent truck. And then the, I, I know with some of the exhaust brake kits and just in general, especially when modified, we get into some valve train work. I wanted to ask you about that as far as valve springs and what, what you guys recommend for upgrading them and when you need to upgrade them. Well, valve spring wise, uh, you know, the stock cylinder heads have a little heavier spring on the exhaust side than the intake. Uh, 
the uh, a very popular upgrade is they call it a 60-pound valve spring, which is that it's not actually a 60-pound seat pressure. It's 60 pounds heavier than stock. Uh, we sell a lot of those. Um, they're they're a decent spring, but uh, you know if you want to go high performance, I would definitely recommend a set of uh, say Hamiltons or Contagious Diesel and uh, springs that have better retainers and keepers. Uh, a lot of people like to put in a 4,000 RPM Governor spring kit where where they run really well. But the problem is you run if you run over 34, 3,500 RPM can, a lot, you're going to have uh, no, keep, you're going to have a valve pull through a keeper and drop a valve, and that's uh, going to make for an expensive repair. We had gotten a question as far as valve, or as far as um, what kind of spring kit to go with, and you had mentioned, you know, the operating RPMs. Is there, as far as what which set to go with, is there is there a rule or recommendation or certain set of questions you guys will ask a customer when they call in or if they stop by? the shop as to as to which set to go with when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply no, I said the most common springs are 3,000, 4,000, and 5,000 RPM. Uh, if you're wanting a truck uh, to throw in a, a set of governor springs and basically floor it all day long and probably not cause any damage as far as valve train, I'd, I would definitely stick with a 3,000. If you uh, are wanting to crank higher than that, you know, I would definitely say the 4,000 or the 5,000 is a good option. Uh, but 5,000 is definitely more, you know, drag strip and uh, sled pulling. I know there are a lot of, lot, a lot of people who street them, but, you know, they, they do, they are pretty responsive. They can be kind of touchy throttle-wise. The 4,000s, I've seen a lot of guys run those on the street, but you definitely have to keep in mind the, the valve train issues if you do decide to use that RPM. So it depends on what kind of person. Some people, uh, you know, they put a 4,000 RPM kit in with the intention of doing valve springs and retainers and keepers later. So, uh Kind of depends on their upgrade path. If they plan on just leaving it mainly stock and you know want save RPM, then I then I would say stick with a three thousand. I think that you know as far as modifying the trucks and getting a, a bit more power for them, say not necessarily like a race truck, but you know you you tow a trailer, you want to have a bit more power. What is a sweet spot as far as? upgrades that you would recommend for somebody that daily drives this truck they want it to last they don't necessarily want to you know pull the pull the engine and rebuild it or don't have any plans to do you know a full billet shaft 47 re or something like that what would be a list of upgrades you tell them to look into so you're talking like maybe the 400 450 horsepower range yeah say like four 450 maybe even 500 but just kind of making that ultimate towing 12 valve setup. Uh, I see that way. With the op- ultimate towing, I would probably say, you know, if you're wanting to save the stock turbo and tow, I would probably, I wouldn't go anything bigger than like a 90 horse injector or they, a lot of people call them like a 5 by 12. Uh, but there's a lot more potential there horsepower wise if you'd put a bigger turbo on. A uh, real popular towing turbo is like a 63, 68. Uh, turbo. There are some hybrid like 64, 64, or 64, 67 stock turbos. You know they're based on like the Holstead 
HX35 frame. Uh, anything above about 500 horse, you're going to have issues with head gaskets more than likely. Uh, and then uh, anything over about 450 horse on the sock, uh, NV4500, like a five-speed transmission, you're going to have issues with the input shaft if you be on them. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, you know, it's about 600 horse, and the 4500 is just going to wreck fifth gear pretty consistently. Uh, Transmission-wise, you know, billet input shaft, I would definitely recommend it anything over, say, you know, 450 to 500 horse because they, they tend to, to break those, especially if you get a triple disc converter in there where you're getting a lot more power to the ground. Yeah, the uh, I think too with the added power, it's also fun, <laughs> and especially if you're towing, you know you're gonna be, it's gonna be pulling more weight, and you're gonna have that power on tap, and it's just it's better to spend the money on that input shaft and the build or in the package that you know somebody orders than not doing that and then being stranded on the side of the road and having to be towed and then pull the transmission and have it rebuilt or send it back and that, that can be that can be costly and frustrating to deal with yeah absolutely it can make for a bad day you're you're definitely better off to um upgrade it before you break it uh you know especially if it's your daily driver i know a lot you know a lot of people are buying these trucks and they want to daily drive them well you go beyond them and you're not set up for that kind of power you're going to break parts and it might be without your daily driver for a couple of weeks and not a lot of people can uh, can do that very easily with 12-valve inquiries that you guys you know, get there, either on the phone or, or in the shop, what are most people looking to do with them? Are they doing this daily driver towing setup, or is it more of a project, you know, kind of drag truck or race truck, and and that's what they want, that's the platform they want? I'd say a good majority would be just people that want a more fun, uh, you know, a more playful street truck. Uh, now there are still people looking for big horsepower, but uh, it seems to be dwindling down over the years. Uh, you know, people are moving towards towards uh, newer platforms, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with the 12 valve platform. It's just uh, variable timing and whatnot is uh, a lot nicer for making power. So you know, people have kind of gone onto that that platform. But uh, I'd say majority is you know somebody's got a truck and you know a farm truck and whatnot, and they want to want it to tow a lot better. And uh, you know, you can get them up to. Like I said, on the stock turbo, 400 horse is doable. I would definitely recommend an exhaust temperature gauge so you can watch that. Uh, just to make sure you're making safe power, and then, uh, you know, as you go with intercooler boots, potentially, uh, even if the, they're not rubbing holes with the fender, you know, you probably uh, want to get those replaced just because the stock ones are not that good as far as higher power and higher boost. As far as the suspension, is that kind of like most other Dodge generations where, Going into it, we know at some point we're going to have to upgrade steering components and and different parts of of the suspension. Yeah, the steering is uh, the steering itself is fairly subpar. The main issue is going to be the the track bar. Uh, the track bar has got a ball joint type end on the end of it uh, on the frame side. Uh, we sell a sell in stock a lot of uh, track bar retrofit kits, which uh, basically allows you to retrofit over to a, uh, a third gen style track bar, and that way you've just got bushings on both ends. And uh, the steering itself, I mean, you know, you've, if you get decent stuff, decent quality, you know, parts from say Napa, the higher end steering parts, they they do pretty well. Uh, but the track bar is the biggest thing to look at. Uh, it can cause death wobble, especially. Uh, there's a, an, also an issue with the uh, the arm that runs from the pitman arm to the axle side of the steering. Uh, the 
Pitman arm shaft or the shaft that holds Pitman arm actually side loads when you when you steer. So they offer a uh, they call it a steering box brace or a DSS. There's several different connotations for it, but uh, basically it puts a brace on the Pitman arm so it doesn't side load. That also will keep your your you know keep your steering feel a lot better. It helps eliminate a lot of wander, and then also um, you know you don't take out Pitman arm uh, or the uh, seal coming out of the steering box. You don't take out the seals. Uh, so that helps a lot. The steering box themselves, you know, a lot of these trucks are higher miles, uh, so we replace a lot of them with, say, a redhead box or a Borgeson box. Um, that'll really help with uh, overall handling and, uh, you know, tighten up the steering. One of the things we were chatting about before the podcast, when you know, we were talking about your company and, and the things that you guys do there, was the, the staff and the people that you have there, whether someone's calling or, or stopping by the shop, dropping off their truck. And I wanted to ask you about that as far as putting together the team that you have, when somebody contacts you guys, how do they, who, who, who helps them? Are there, are there specialists in different year range trucks? Um, if somebody walks in and is like, Hey, my truck's having a problem. How do, how do they get, you know, through or, or to the service department and, and, you know, with the space that you guys have and all the products that you guys stock, I'm sure shipping, you know, is also a, a logistical, you know, challenge and something you guys stay on top of really well. But I wanted to ask you about the people that make up Pure Diesel Power. So we've got a, uh, a, a shipping department. Uh, you know, we've got a lady that uh, does all the drop ships and handles, uh, you know, ship, you know, receiving as well. Uh, we've got a tech department. Uh, uh, we've got three strong techs. Uh, you know, one one gentleman is more of a, uh, a Chevy guy. One's more of a Dodge guy, and then one's more of a kind of a catch-all. He he's got all knowledge of all three under his belt. Um, we've got a uh, service department with a service writer and a mechanic at uh, currently, and uh, we've got a customer service department as well. Uh, so there's some guys and gals in that department. Uh, if you do call, we do have a uh, you know a phone menu where you can talk to either customer service tech or our service department. I was just thinking, so when people hear you on the podcast, they're like, Hey, I want to talk to Garrett. Are they going to be able to get, get in touch with you? <laughs> uh, it's pretty difficult. I, I spent a lot of my day, uh, helping with the uh, shop diagnostics, uh, you know, and then just day to day, you know, you know, decisions and, uh, you know, advertising, uh, stuff like that. So it's fairly difficult to get a hold of me. Uh, a lot of people reach out on the Pure Diesel Power Facebook page as well, and uh, so I, I kind of monitor those and, and help as needed. But uh, it's hard to get me. But I mean, it's uh, it's definitely out of the out of the out of the equation. I will I do talk to to customers occasionally, and uh, I definitely love talking to my people. It's you know it's uh, what makes this a a great occupation and it's a great industry to be in. I think one of the things that's going to be so tough or challenging for a business and a shop is like as an enthusiast, somebody's going to have, or somebody who owns a truck is that's what their interest is going to be. And there's so many different, obviously generational, you know, engines and, and different model changes and then different brands. And you never know who's going to call, you know, or stop by the shop. It could be that, you know, 9412 valve that, you know, wants to build a drag truck or it could be, uh, you know, a LB7 Duramax that the guy just wants to be able to tow a little better or could be a, a you know, a, a 2015 truck. And I think it's, it's definitely something you guys are known for the service that you guys have. And 
it's extremely commendable to be able to put together, you know, a team of people that can handle any kind of inquiry or any kind of build or any kind of maintenance that someone's going to need, whether they call you or they stop by the shop. Uh, we definitely pride ourselves in, you know, if somebody's got a difficult question that is kind of a head scratcher, we do our best to, to do, you know, research in-house if possible, you know, talk to staff. We've got a lot of different people under the, under the roof that have a lot of different experience with different vehicles. Uh, sometimes we may, may say, hey, you know, let, let me have your name and number. Let me do some research on this. We'll give you a shot back. Uh, we do a lot of di- diagnosing over the phone. It's, uh, you know, it's something I pride us and able to be, be able to do. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we try to have top-notch customer service with, uh, you know, if you order something, we try to get you information within a, within a day, whether, you know, there's any delays with the item or, hey, we're out of this item, but we do have this item that we could potentially send instead, you know, based on your approval. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's an undertaking, but uh, like I said, I do it for my customers and uh, said really enjoy it. Have things really been challenging the last three or four months from the logistical standpoint with, you know, like shipments and getting products and all that kind of stuff with, you know, the pandemic and just everything that's been going on? Yeah, we've seen uh, some a lot of shortages. We've seen a lot of shipping delays. Uh, you know, certain product lines, you know, they're six weeks out plus or just an MTA. Um, you see... Uh, yeah, just a, a lot of people, a, a lot of people are, you know, more on edge, more, you know, because you can tell people are frustrated. They've been locked in their homes uh, or, you know, and out of work. So, we, you know, people seem to be more on edge. So you've, you're dealing with a little more agitated customers sometimes if something does go wrong. Um, but uh, as far as the, back to the, you know, the COVID stuff, as far as uh, staffing-wise, we've got a lot of people working from home. You know, they've got, uh, you know, health concerns with the with the situation so it makes it a little more difficult to you know it's not it's a lot harder to work with everybody not on the same roof you can't just go talk to somebody you have to call them and uh if somebody's away from their desk well then it's you know it's you know you pl- play a good game of phone tag but all in all um you know if, you know sales have been really well I don't, I don't know if people are just fixing their trucks or working on them constantly if they're stuck at home but uh you know no complaints there we're just doing our best to take care of the volume uh with the staff staffing uh changes currently there was a, just a ton of changes, just like you mentioned, in the way that people do business or the way we can do business. It just we went from you know being able to call, we get our tracking that afternoon, maybe at the latest the next morning, and everything we're all used to that. And then it just changed all of a sudden. Where you know, I've ordered things, not they're not truck parts or anything, but they're just like stuck in this UPS like in transit loop for. A week or two and there's like nothing you can do but it's just been a massive change and and i think the way that you guys have have handled it and still take care of customers during like something incredibly unprecedented like this it is awesome and you know when it's done people are going to remember that they remember how they were were treated and how you guys helped them well yeah i definitely appreciate that we're we're doing our best with uh, the tools we have so it's Said so it's definitely been a challenge, but I, I appreciate the you know the input there. We're doing trying to keep everybody everybody happy, to everybody going, and so people can build their trucks or fix their trucks. Absolutely. Well, it was it was fantastic catching up with you, knocking out some questions some of our listeners had about twelve valve Cummins trucks, and and like I said, they, they've always had a sweet spot in my heart. And then hearing the answers that that you gave, you know, it's like I know what to expect if I get one, and it doesn't seem 
you know, undaunting or, or too difficult to be able to make it do, you know, what I want. So we appreciate your time. Like, like I said, we, we know that you're busy and just chatting with us and catching up. Tell us about Pure Diesel Power and, and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me. I, re- I appreciate it. And uh, everything goes well and the world goes back to normal here sometime. Don't forget, Diesel fans, if there's any questions you have about your 12-valve truck or really any other truck or you're in Wisconsin and, and you're close to Pure Diesel Power and need some maintenance done, want to drop your truck off, just go to puredieselpower.com. You can check out all the products that they offer. If you have questions, you can give them a call and chat in with one of the crew, and they'll be more than happy to help you. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.